welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is a podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Building relationships is important, but it's not always easy. From awkward conversations to difficulty engaging, there's a lot to maneuver and a lot that can go wrong. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook on building relationships for success. In it, you'll discover how to build and maintain strong relationships and how to use your CRM for relationship management. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod226. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and today I'm speaking to a keynote speaker and stress trainer at CMW. He has delivered over 250 keynotes and seminars and has been featured on both the Today Today Show and the Tonight Show. So he speaks from night and day. (laughs) He has also hosted a number of creative travel shows for which he took home multiple film and TV awards and is a certified coach and author of several books, including How to Travel the World for Free, 50 50 U.S. States in 50 Days, and more. He also um, gave a wonderful TEDx talk on overcoming fear that we'll include in the show notes. And he is based in the beautiful Boulder, Colorado. So long intro, but um, I guess is worth it. So we are so glad to have you. Welcome to the show, Michael Wiggy. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited to to have you here, and I think our listeners are really going to appreciate hearing from you. Um, I just shared the kind of resume style uh, information about you, but I know that's not all of who you are. I'd love if you could introduce yourself to our listeners, maybe talk a little bit about where you got the passion for what you do and some of the key stops on the journey to where you are today. Right. Yes. So, uh, you know, I I started as like pretty much as a traveler. Like when when I look back like 15 years ago, I was traveling a lot, you know, and I turned these travels into, you know, publications. So like like you mentioned, I traveled the world without money, you know, it was a adventure challenge turned this into a book on the international market uh did did other kind of travels i i I tried out traveling you know with a sleeping mask blindfolded i traveled all 50 (laughs) states in 50 days you know germany on a razor scooter so there is like a portfolio of like you know like fun travel challenges and it, it, it i've done it for you know it was just my passion. And then, you know, after a while, I felt like I want to move this forward. And I looked at it. What have I learned from these adventures? And, and mm-hmm. how can I fo- forward uh, my learning experience to others? And that's how I turned, you know, my business into like keynote speaking. I, I deliver seminars on like, like you said, stress management or change management, time management on, on, on different uh, criteria we all need in our life, and that's why I am right now uh, here in Denver, here in Boulder, Colorado. Yes, definitely, that makes a lot of sense. I would imagine um, through adventures and through life, as you pay attention to what's happening, you should be able to notice some skills. I mean, if anybody's traveled stress comes up when you travel, whether Mm. it's delays or inconveniences or even just difficulty understanding or communicating with people from different cultures. And so to take those principles and really turn those into 
into your area of expertise. Uh, that's a really um, exciting step. And um, I'd imagine that you learned a lot of a lot of interesting lessons over the years. Well, yeah, right. So it's like, you know, any kind of project, you know, like in my case, you know, you know, having these like travel challenges, you're right. At one stage, I've, I recognized, well, it's it's great to leave my comfort zone and stuff and uh, to, to, to grow and achieve my goals. But also I, I, I have to learn, you know, on, on stress management, you know, and it's the same in the corporate world. You, you know, people have like intense projects. They want to achieve their goals, their sales goals, anything. Well, you know, keeping an eye on, on, on work-life balance, on, on, on stress management is, is a key, is a key in success, you know? like, especially for peak performers. Like, like to, we want to achieve things, but yes, great. Never forget to look at uh, the, the certain kind of balance you need for it. Absolutely. So um, why don't we jump in and, and get kind of specific? Because I think the specific ways that you planned this adventure travel really mm. contribute to um, the learning that you had about stress management. Um, so for example, you traveled the world without money. Mm. And you actually bartered your way toward one of your dreams. And I personally, just based on who I am, would find that incredibly intimidating. I actually don't think I could do either one of those things. And so I think we all have maybe a comfort zone. Mm. And you talk a lot about kind of facing fear and leaving your comfort zone. Can you share a little bit about that for our listeners? Right, right. Yes. So, so exactly. So for you, like you, like you say, it would be absolutely out of your comfort zone because maybe that's something you, 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 you wouldn't, you know, feel like doing, you know, everyone has this kind of like things he, uh, you know, he, 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 he still needs to leave his comfort zone to achieve, but, you know, you know, but, but, but still doesn't, uh, go out of his comfort zone too far. So in my case, yes, I've been a traveler, so it's kind of my comfort zone to travel, but still, you know, facing these extreme challenges like, okay, you know, traveling around the world with no money at all, that was still out of my comfort zone. And uh, and the other story you mentioned, how to barter for paradise, you know, I traveled around the world with money and I tried to turn an apple into a house in Hawaii by bartering for bigger and better. So both of these, you know, adventures were out of my comfort zone, although I'm, I'm feeling pretty comfortable with interacting with different cultures and I'm very experienced in that. But um, while leaving the comfort zone to a certain extent requires, you know, being able and wanting to face your fears. Now, when I started the trip without money around the world, I remember when I just started in Berlin, Germany at that time, and it was the first day and I was like, oh my God, you know, I have two choices. I can just go back home and tell everyone, well, I didn't really want to do it anyway, whatever, <laughs> you know, like whatever, you know, and stay in my comfort zone. Or, you know, I just I just need to, you know, like experience this kind of, you know, fear going on, obviously to, to be out of my comfort zone a lot and, you know, as essential uh, fear, huh? like about food, about accommodation, about travel. I mean, this was pretty essential what I was experiencing. And and luckily, gladly, I just decided I want to confront my fears, you know, and started the trip. And there is a nice quote from an author, Richie Norton, and he says, like, if you want to, if, if, if you want to overcome obstacles like fear, you have to face it and not go around it. You know? And that's how I try to live. You know, every morning when I get up, I'm, I feel like, well, you know, do something different than, you know, 
maybe your comfort zone tells you. And, you know, it's not always about the big fear, but, you know, like subtle, subtle emotions that come up when we do something that we are not so used to. And, and that's how I live. And that's, I think, is, is a great way to always challenge oneself huh? and uh, stay, stay active and keep focused on goals. I love that. And I, I especially like that you mentioned that it doesn't always have to be something big. Because I think when we mention facing fears, and especially when we gave the examples that you talked about in terms of bartering or traveling without money, um, those are certainly fears that are very obvious to people. But when mm. it comes to sales, it could mm. be that maybe you're not comfortable um, at events or networking. Or you want to engage a large prospect bigger than a company that you've ever worked with. And that's especially intimidating. Mm. Or um, you want to become a speaker or a thought leader. And Mm. that's intimidating. I actually just did that this morning. I recorded a video for a conference and it's intimidating. It's a fear. And so it doesn't have to be the craziest fear, but whatever it is, if there's something that's preventing you from achieving your goals, if there's a step on the way to get there that, um, that requires, you know, that, that you're afraid of, you can let it stop you or you can move past it. Mm. So what are some strategies that you've identified that can help when people are experiencing fears? What are strategies to help them face those fears? Right. So I think the example you just given, like with networking is such a typical um, example. Like we can, you know, in my business, for example, I can choose, well, I reach out to clients via email. That's always the easiest and safest bet. But, you know, personal contact, you know, you know, doing a phone call, calling them, or going to networking events, that's always further out of the comfort zone. We kind of like have personal contact, which is great, but it means like, well, let's go to the event and I might not know anyone and, you know, I might feel a little bit insecure at the beginning. So this is exactly where to go that's the way to go and not hide behind the computer and just say like whatever you know like <laughs> i'm i'm an email uh, and that's it so so my my personal strategies well first of all it's it's my it's the general attitude like what, every morning when i get up and i go to my office is like well i want to be out of my comfort zone today you know i think it's a mm-hmm. choice it's a choice you know like that voice is telling us very human voice we all have well I want to be in my comfort zone that's I think everyone knows that I want I want everything as it it used to be and that's comfortable and I'm not really challenged and to really ask you know oneself in the morning okay what can I do today on purpose you know to be out of my comfort zone and like on a subtle level like okay tonight there is the networking event well i could kind of avoid it and i can send out emails whatever but no i really go i go there on purpose and that i think is already a main strategy to just reflect on it every morning going to the office like what 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 is it today that i can do that is that is at least slightly out of my comfort zone and i think that's a good start Absolutely. Um, That reminds me of uh, another conversation I just had on the podcast with Dr. Russell Thackeray, and we'll include the link to that in the show notes as well for people who might have missed that episode. And we talked about resilience. And he mentioned that, you know, resilience is just a state of mind and just deciding that you're going to do things and taking action. And that can actually, um, that can actually create and, and develop your sense of resilience, just just taking that action. And so that's kind of what you're saying here is just if, if you want to be somebody who faces fears, 
and mm-hmm. leaves your comfort zone, then you need to face your fears and leave your comfort zone. And it sounds like also you're saying you need to practice it every day in sometimes smaller things so that when you need to face a bigger fear, you can mm-hmm. do that. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think you've, you've mentioned something very interesting, you know, resilience in, in you know, like mm-hmm. that is such a, I think, important groundwork you know, for, for, for many things. And I'm, I'm working on my re- resilience constantly. Yeah? So the, I mean, there are different theories about resilience. How can I strengthen my re- re- resilience? And I usually go for this like seven pillar uh, uh, concept, you know, like, like one is like future planning, optimism, solution orientation, networking, you know, how good am I in networking? You know, uh, how, what, how, Good am, am I in accepting things that that I cannot change? You know how how much responsibility do I take? And I I you know in, in a very good exercise is to look at these seven pillars, yeah, and 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 scale them from zero to ten. You know, for example, optimism. Am I a realistic, optimistic person? If if yes, that's great. Let, you know, eight points out of ten. But no worries if if not. If 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 any of the listeners spot one of these pillars as like, well, I just got five points there or four points because I'm not that good. Maybe I tend to be, you know, to pessimism once in a while. Don't no no worries. But this is exactly the pillar to work on. And resilience mm-hmm. is something to learn. It's it's nothing given, you know, from birth. It's 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 about an attitude. You know, do I decide to be an optimistic person or a pessimistic person? Do I decide to be a solution oriented or problem oriented person? Do I decide to set goals for my life or do I not? And that is something to learn. And after that trip, how to travel the world for free. I started working on resilience because I could tell, well, you know, some of my pillars, you know, can be improved. You know, I, I had a couple of situations I felt like, you know, I, I, I could be more resilient. And this is something for anyone listening. Yes, uh, just just take these seven pillars of resilience and and uh, look at it. And if you if you if you see a weak point, no worries. You know, just take it as your challenge and try to improve it, you know, from like maybe four or five points on a scale up to like seven, eight. And that will help you a lot. Absolutely. I think having something like seven different areas that you're looking at, whether it comes to um, facing fears or specifically resilience, because they are very related topics. Mm. I think a lot of people might say, well, I'm not as resilient as I want to be. And that's not helpful necessarily. But then to say, hey, here's a seven point scale and I'm going to evaluate these different areas. Oh, I see. Maybe I struggle with optimism or I struggle with, um, you know, focusing on a goal. I can work on that because it's specific. Mm. And then Mm. overall, that's going to improve my resilience. I think that's a really powerful concept. Right. And with the knowledge that resilience is something, you know, about our attitude, we, we decided, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's something that, that can be really, it can be a change in a short term, you know, to, to move, you know, from a maybe like a more pessimistic person into a more optimistic person. I've, I had clients like within a month, they changed, they, they were able to change the attitude and they understood the concept. And uh, a couple of weeks later, they were like so much more positive about things and so much more solution oriented. So it can be really fast if someone decides to change that pillar, you know, and and to 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 improve in resilience. It's it's doable for sure. Absolutely. 
All right. And we've touched now on one of your other key topics that you discuss. And I know you do a lot of training on this, which is stress. Mm -hmm. As people are leaving their comfort zones and facing their fears and kind of working on their pillars of resilience, uh, I'd imagine that they're going to experience some stress. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. anytime you leave your comfort zone, that's a stressful situation. What are some ways that people can effectively manage their stress in these situations? Right. I mean, there are many like there are there are many different strategies or uh, depending on, on the situation. One strategy I come, you know, I come across, you know, when I when I talk to cl- to, to, to coaching clients a lot is um, is our, um, the matter of boundary settings. You know, we are all, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we all deal with many other people every day. We have, you know, we in our professional life and, 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 you know, it's often I experience that for many people it's hard in a certain situation when they need to set a boundary to be able to, to communicate that. Because, you know, we, we there is fear of conflict, fear of failure, fear of rejection. So, you know, in if we all always say yes to everything, life can be pretty difficult in a way because we're absolutely overloaded. So, mm-hmm. you know, the right skill set of setting boundaries, you know, how do I communicate that? You know, let's say to my boss, for example, well, you know, like, great, but maybe, you know, like in two weeks time, I can do it because right now I'm, you know, the plate is full, you know, and and to have like a skill set of like, uh, you know, very uh, uh, diplomatic communication towards that person about setting boundaries. Yeah. Um, and that is something I see um, as very important. And also sometimes setting boundaries to ourselves. You know, if, mm-hmm. if, if, if a person recognizes, well, I tend to be pretty, you know, a per- per- perfectionistic person, well, that's great. It's, it's very helpful. But sometimes um, too much pressure on oneself can cause high levels of stress. You know? I mean, I've experienced that when I traveled uh, around the world again and I try to border that apple to the house in Hawaii, great, you know, like, great uh, story, and I was so ambitious, I really wanted to make that happen, but I overstepped my boundaries a lot, and at one stage, I felt like this is, this is, you know, like, uh, pushing back on me, so I, I had to kind of adjust a little bit my, my, my own expectations of myself, of what I'm capable of doing, you know, that doesn't mean like, oh, well, let's just go into the medium level, it doesn't mean like that, I mean, you know, peak performers, high achievers, you know, they can, they can do that. It's just sometimes to to kind of reflect on boundaries that can be helpful to avoid um, stress symptoms, in my opinion. Absolutely. I think both of those principles are so powerful. And I think we can all appreciate the situations where we might need to address them. I mean, boundaries with other people. You know, if you're in a leadership role in an organization, then mm. you're going to be setting boundaries with the people who report to you, as well as the people that you report into. And you need to set boundaries in terms of what are reasonable expectations related to how available are you going to be? Mm. Or how are you going to um, receive feedback? What what are you open to there? Um, how are you going to have goals set for you? Or are you going to set goals for yourself? And creating those boundaries with the team around you is key, but not neglecting. I think this is such an important point that you brought up, not mm. neglecting that you need to have boundaries for yourself. And I think most of us are our own worst critic and we put ourselves in impossible situations and we set ourselves up to fail. 
And we measure ourselves against this perfect ideal that nobody could actually achieve. And then we think we're failing. And so to set boundaries for yourself and set reasonable expectations is a way to just reduce your stress overall, because you're not measuring yourself against this impossible thing that doesn't really exist. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right. That is so important. And, you know, like, and, you know, let's say we want to achieve a goal 130% of, you know, what we're capable of doing. And well, you know, we just managed 100%, you know, that, you know, it's still something, you know, to self appreciate, you know, oneself, you know, like, well, I, okay, fair enough. You know, I try to make, you know, to, to make, to make that happen. And it, it was pretty uh, ambitious. Well, but I still, I've, I've, I've been good. What I've done it was good and and to to give oneself that appreciation and and not just the critic you know i think that is very important the the balance between the critic and the self-appreciation that is that is i think a very important key for a successful work-life balance and stress management absolutely because we do need to be somewhat self-critical. And that is an important thing. Even as we were talking about earlier, you need to evaluate yourself maybe against a, a, a one of the seven pillars of pillars of resilience. Um, right. Or you and we need to hold ourselves to account to to goals. But mm. it's when those goals are unrealistic or when those goals are not even related to what they need to be. You know, so often um, we think that we need to accomplish what we need to accomplish, but also maybe do it in a very specific way, you know, or we need to be perfect in our work lives and perfect in our home lives and perfect with our exercise and with our Mm. diet and with every single thing about us. And, you know, it's not that we need to necessarily lower standards too much, but, you know, what's actually realistic to achieve. And Mm. sometimes we set these targets and these goals that, that don't even relate to reality. There's not a single person on earth that could achieve them. Right. Right, exactly. And that balance uh, is so important, exactly. Yeah, we, if we try to be perfect, you know, in all, you know, areas of life, then, you know, there usually comes in a lot of pressure. Um, I, I usually advise uh, some of my clients, stress management clients, uh, on a um, simple exercise, you know, of self-appreciation, you know, to, to keep that balance. Like, you know, each morning when you kind of get up and you go to the bathroom, look in the mirror and just like, you know, you know, just name three things you've done that were great the day before, you know, oh, Mm -hmm. I've been a very good, you know, husband to my wife because of that and that. And I've achieved that project at work and I've worked out, for example, you know, three things. And I experience uh, a lot that people are like, oh my God, you know, like I I was, you know, like, you know, that morning and I looked at the mirror and I, I just like, couldn't even find one thing so this is a practice you know if you practice self-appreciation like i mean most of my clients after like two weeks they're like oh my god i've you know every day i think about so many things i can appreciate myself about but some sometimes some some people have to develop that that thought of self-appreciation you know and, and that usually helps you know to, to keep a balance Absolutely. I love that principle. It's very similar. Um, I wrote an ebook about gratitude last mm-hmm. fall. And one of the one of the principles and one of the, the practices that can really help you develop a sense of gratitude, which is a, which is an incredibly powerful thing to practice, is mm-hmm. journaling. Uh, just a simple gratitude journal. And what happens when you have to journal, well, not have to, but when you decide that you're going to journal things to be grateful for, 
is you actually change the way you look at the world because you're looking for things to be grateful for. And I would imagine if every morning you're supposed to name three things that you're proud of yourself for, that helps you consistently look for things to be proud of about mm -hmm. yourself. And so when we're intentional about things like this, it, it actually isn't just the behavior in that moment of naming it, which is which is powerful and important and, and really helpful, but the way that it trains your mind to look mm -hmm. for these things throughout the course of the day, and maybe be a little bit, um, you know, less hard on yourself, just a little bit more, more, you know, forgiving of, mm. you know, mistakes that you might make and things that aren't going to be absolutely perfect, because um, you can at least recognize that the strengths that you bring. Mm, right, right. And, and self appreciation and gratitude, I think, you know, two different things, but they're very close together. You know, like, uh, uh, like looking, you know, at being, being grateful about, you know, things, you know, I'm, I'm just here sitting in Colorado, looking out of the window, and I see a lot of snow, it's snowing, it's, it's a pretty, pretty wonderful scenery outside my window. So I have the choice, I can just say, yeah, well, whatever, it's snow, or I just really appreciate it. Wow, this is beautiful. You know, this is beautiful. And I'm sitting here, we, we're doing the interview and I look out of the window and it's really beautiful. So, so it's a choice and, I, and you're right. And I think speaking about gratitude, that is also like if, like if you look at the broader spectrum of like stress management, gratitude belongs to it. Grateful people uh, usually uh, have a way more positive view on the world, view on them on themselves, and see like little things that are you know, that, you know you know that are that are that are good good to appreciate, and uh, it it changes an entire mindset. Yeah, it, it, an entire mindset. Yeah, it Great. really, really does. So um, I love that that um, that is just a stress management technique, just not being so hard on yourself, not being such a perfectionist, really setting those boundaries. And then that's, um, that's kind of a, a proactive thing. But then another thing is just really affirming the the good things that you are doing because it's so easy to be self-critical and to point out those negatives. And so to be very intentional about mm. Um, those affirmations is incredibly right. powerful. Right. Great. All right. Um, one of the things that we love to share with our listeners are book recommendations. We know we have a lot of our listeners who are um, who are frequent re readers. So mm. are there any books that you would recommend, um, in addition, obviously, to yours, um, related to some of the things that we've been talking about so far today? Yeah, there is one book I like to recommend. Uh, the title is Rewire, Rewire Your Anxious Brain. And oh. it's from, yeah, and it's it's about stress. It's it's interesting. It's you know like when we talk about stress management, it it also goes hand in hand with fear and anxiety. You know, if if we look at things like often we are stressed because we're kind of anxious. You know, there are like different causes for 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 stress, and one is, you know, the kind of insecurity, anxious mind that tells us, "Oh my God, you know, that's dangerous. You're going to be out of the comfort zone." And then anxiety causes causes like many negative thoughts. So so this book is pretty pretty interesting. Rewire rewire your anxious brain, and from um, to uh, authors Catherine Pittman and Elizabeth. Carl, and that is something 
type uh, I can highly recommend. I mean, there, if, if you look at like stress uh, management books, I mean, there are many on the market. The, the, this one definitely uh, uh, brings it to the point, And I really think it's very, very valuable. Definitely. That sounds like a great one. And we'll include a link to that in the show notes because there is just uh, an amazing amount of research that's been done about anxiety and mm -hmm. what it is that it does and how much of it is our natural um, human responses. It's a, it, it's, it's literally like um, instincts that were developed in our brains way back when we had to worry about being attacked by wild animals mm -hmm. and um that's they're healthy responses to a certain way but they're not necessary in the way we live our lives today when generally most of us um, are blessed to be safe and and secure and not have to worry about you know housing and, and shelter and so to take those anxieties that we don't need anymore because we don't live on the savannah um, and kind of retrain our brain uh mm -hmm. is is a really helpful thing so excellent recommendation Right. And, and if we have that time, uh, I would like to add one more strategy on it. Mm -hmm. uh, is, is Absolutely. It okay? yeah. um, so I often work on beliefs uh, as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, you, you can tackle an issue from many different aspects. Uh, and, and one of them is our, our beliefs. To look at, you know, our beliefs. What kind of beliefs do I have? Yeah, often these beliefs are subconscious. Yeah? Some, you know, and there are like positive beliefs that make us, you know, like live and achieve goals and be a happy person, and that's great. And sometimes, you know, once in a while, there could be a hidden negative belief. Often, the, the mm -hmm. hidden negative belief is like you should not, you cannot, you must not. Something we learned in our life, and sometimes even those ones are helpful. But sometimes, if they are too strong. They're, they're not. For example, we talked about perfectionism before. A very common belief in society is like is is a, is a, is a kind of negative belief that says uh, uh, um, you, you're loved by achievement, and that is too extreme. Well, you're loved mm -hmm. by your personality, by many other things. Achievement is one part of it. So, and and I, for example, in my life, uh, you know, these days I I work as a speaker, and I you know I have crowds from like a hundred people to even you know. 500 people and and I'm not even anxious going on stage because you know I practiced I left my comfort zone but but also because I worked on my beliefs and I spotted you know years ago a, a negative belief that was saying like oh uh, you should never be too much the center of attention that's something I learned when I was young as a kid you know I'm from a different culture I came from Germany and you know it's like you know pe people are more a little bit but you know like like a did little bit different attitude like like when I got raised it was more like well you know be part of the crowd and don't stand out too much that's not something not mm -hmm. appropriate it's, it's a little bit of a cultural thing and I worked on it and you know and I changed that negative belief to well if you have a reason to be the center of attention that's fine and and by practicing that 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 positive belief I could lose all these you know fears of going on stage you know it's typical stage fright and these days I just go on stage and it doesn't matter anymore so so you know two different strategies one is like well I, I face the fear I go on stage over and over again and it helps me you know to overcome it and the other one is like ah you know is there like a negative belief that tells me I shouldn't do that and if you spot mm -hmm. it rewrite it to the positive it helps a lot as well that is such wonderful advice. Thank you so much for that, Michael, because you're right. A lot of times we have these beliefs in our head and anytime you're thinking the word should, 
Mm. That's a belief. And really evaluate your shoulds. Uh, so often in society, we put, you know, I should be like this. I should be like that. I should do this. I shouldn't do that. And that we can choose which ones we, we want to listen to there. And so often we don't. We just we just kind of, you know, mindlessly uh, follow along with those beliefs, not realizing that they're actually controlling our lives and controlling the decisions we make and the opportunities we decide to take advantage of. Um, and we can miss out on life. Because we think we don't deserve it or we think we don't, um, you know, we shouldn't follow up on certain opportunities. So it, it can be an incredibly limiting way to live your life if you're really mm. just focused on on those beliefs that are completely subconscious, usually by the time you get to be an adult, because you absorb to them quite often as a child. Right. Exactly. And that is the point. As long as they're subconscious, we don't, we don't know, you know, they, you know, they have the power on our actions. You know, if, if a belief says like, well, it's so dangerous to do this and that, we will never touch it. You know, it's so good to look at it. Is it really dangerous? You know, let, let's just double check now, you know, if that belief is, is what I really want to believe these days. And then, you know, it, it's easy to, uh, to kind of adjust it. Yeah. So yeah, it, it helps a lot. And like you mentioned journaling before, so to get a journal and, the, and just like kind of write down a couple of beliefs and explore the mind. It's a very interesting path to, to go. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, a, a little bit of a structured approach there is, is really helpful. All right. Um, I have very much enjoyed our conversation today, Michael, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. If you want people to learn more about your work, um, you obviously and your work, where should they go? Um, um, so the easiest to go on my website is michaelwiggy.com. Wiggy is W-I-G-G-E. So michaelwiggy.com. And from, from there, people can check out like my keynotes, my travel adventures, my seminars and coaching. Wonderful. Well, um, as I said, I, I very much enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure our listeners have as well, and I'm sure they've um, they've learned a lot. So thank you, Michael. Thank you, Elizabeth. I enjoyed it as well a lot. Thank you. All right. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything that Michael and I have been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 226. Be sure to tune in this Friday for another inspirational episode. And as a reminder, if you have any feedback for us or topics or questions you'd like us to address, guests that you would recommend that we speak to, you can reach us at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. If you're enjoying the show, please recommend us to a friend and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. While you're there, please leave us a rating or a review. That will help more people find the show and it lets us know what's working and where we have room to improve. Remember to follow us on Twitter at let's underscore talk underscore sales. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ariana Miskell, Laura Marchoff, and me, Elizabeth Frederick. Happy selling!